0: could not hold
1: ministry that we support from our church a few men in the just from the community that, that gathered together to, to eat some breakfast together man and the food was good they killed it on the steaks uh and he's he outstanding on, on the grill uh let's see chase and mike and caleb uh man they they might be some of the best scrambled egg chefs i know i mean they, i mean they just not that far i only heard of two shells in the eggs and so man that for that many eggs that's like a that that is certainly like a win uh john lancaster up there he, he kind of challenged us with uh with some things about uh you know praying and certainly praying for our wives and, and how to pray if we're not familiar with praying and uh it, it was just a good day to see the men from different congregations come together and just kind of mingle but here's the interesting thing it didn't happen naturally Right, like, like, like when when everybody came in, like the LifeBridge people, we just kind of came over here to the people that we know, and we just kind of sat over here on this side, and we're we're hanging out. And the Huntsville people, uh, man, they just kind of they kind of came over here, and, and 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 they did they did their thing, and then the Hispanics, well, Jesse, they might have been late. <laughs> I'm just saying, they, they might have been late, and they just kind of came in and sat sat where they. Out where they could, right? And, and, and here's the thing, after giving a little speech about men getting together and hanging out, I asked Ed to pray. And Ed's like, all right, I'll pray, but before we pray, here's what's going to happen. um, We got some good food right here in front of us. Um, I'm going to need some of you guys from this side over here to get over here on this side, and I'm going to need some of you guys on this side to get your food, and, and you you get over here on this side. And, and they they listen And and they did it. And there was this this beautiful picture of of men from from different cultures, from different cities, from different backgrounds, sitting together and and talking and and hanging out. We were in the Word yesterday. and We were nourished physically and we were nourished spiritually. And and just as kind of the the point person kind of put this on, you know, it, it was just, I was like, oh, man, it hit me. I didn't tell I didn't tell Caleb I didn't tell my egg crackers what time to be there. I didn't ask them what time they were going to be there. Um, Dave and I kind of communicated some things, and you know I had some guys show up early to set tables up. And I mean, it just it's one of those things that I mean everybody just kind of came together and they 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 did their thing. And 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 when I was done, as I'm wrapping up and I'm I'm taking care of things, I'm noticing that man dishes are done. Like, I, I, I mean, because usually with guys, like, man, we, we know how to make breakfast, but we also know how to leave a mess, right, at least in my household. And uh, so the dishes were done, and the trash was taken out. I'm like, all this stuff, all this stuff was taken care of, and it was put away, and I was like, man, how about that? Like, like, that's just a, that's a, a thing of beauty. I was home yesterday by 10 o'clock. It was a good day. And, uh, man, it was really, really, it was just. I was encouraged i was really encouraged by the day and the participation from everybody in it we are on the journey of becoming like jesus and we're looking at the characteristics the traits that make the man the man right and the bible tells us in more than one place that we are created in his likeness like i don't know how that sits with you but, but you and I, we are created in his likeness. We are created in his image. And it doesn't matter what your past is. Okay? It, it does not matter the things that haunt you. It doesn't matter how righteous you may think you are this morning or how immoral you think you are. You and I are all equal in the eyes of Jesus Christ. All right? And we're created in his image. God desires for each and every one of us to become like his son. Jesus, we know, died for two main reasons. Number one, for you to believe in him and have eternal life. The second one, all right, is that you can become like him in this life. Like, like, like that. That's one of the reasons that Jesus came to earth is so that you can become like him today. I was thinking about this. This week, there's a phrase that has become very popular, you know, within the last five to, to eight years. You I mean, it's a it's a it's how we answer a question. How so and so man, they're living their best life. I'm sure you've heard that from people, right? Man, we say this in response now. How how so and man, living their living their best life, right? So, I'm like I was asked uh, a couple weeks ago about a man, she's down at Disney World. I was here, um, just us, right? And was gone. And I was asked, how's a man? It's like, I mean, she's at Disney World without me or the kids. She's living her best life. Church, the reality is our best life happens. When we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus and we start living, to become like him. That's when our best life happens. So that's why we're looking at the characteristics of Jesus. We want to be like him. So today we talk, encouragement. Now as we've done every week so far, we're going to turn to one of those stories that, you know, it's in the Bible and it's there for a reason. It's there to teach us, it's there to guide us, but today is probably one that and if you've kind of done one of these reading through the bibles in a year deals you've probably read this story but it might be very unfamiliar to most of you but man what a story on encouragement some lessons there so if you have your bibles turn to exodus the 18th chapter we're going to pick it up in verse five jethro now this is jethro in the bible not ed Doll. jethro Moses' father-in-law now came to visit Moses in the wilderness. He brought Moses' wife and two sons with him, and they arrived while Moses and the people were camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent a message to Moses saying, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to see you with your wife and your two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed low and he kissed him. They asked about each other's welfare and then went into Moses' tent. Moses told his father-in-law everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh in Egypt on behalf of Israel. He also told about all the hardships they had experienced along the way and how the Lord had rescued his people from all their troubles. Jethro was delighted when he heard about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel as he rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians. Praise the Lord, Jethro said for he has rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. Yes, he has rescued Israel from the powerful hand of Egypt. I know now that the Lord is greater than all other gods because he rescued his people from the oppression of the proud Egyptians. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. Aaron and all the elders of Israel came out and joined him in a sacrificial meal in God's presence. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law explained. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees, and give them His instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,150 and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, who returned to his own land. What a story. Encouragement, right? Now, here's the crazy thing. This passage didn't even mention the word encourage. Okay? But I'll tell you this. There are some valuable lessons that we can learn from Jethro and his uh, wisdom from his life that will help us understand what the Bible means by encouraging one another. All right? There's, there's a lot of lessons here about encouragement and what the Bible means by encouraging one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul's writing to this church, and he says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing. Right? So, hey, you're doing it, but I'm telling you right now, church, you need to encourage one another, and you need to build up one another. Now, the interesting thing about encouragement is that in in our mind, the way we think, we kind of limit encouragement. And so when you hear this word and this before we have to answer but when you when you think of the word encourage, hey what's the first thing that comes to mind well the people i asked all said the same thing compliments general positivity we say things like you can do it that's encouragement great sermon at a boy at a girl it's going to be okay but like like when we think of encouragement in in our culture we kind of limit it to just some positive statements of reassurance that we share with one another like, like I, I mean I've been with many of you uh, I've certainly been there before right you you're in the stands and it is your child that's about to do something you know whether, whether they're, they're, they're they're throwing they're pitching they're catching. They're swinging, they're, they're dribbling, they're blocking, whatever whatever it is. I, I, I've been with many of you, and I've heard you cheer and shout, and some of it has been positive. Okay, I mean, I'll just say this. Uh, now, the psyches is, we, we're this interesting dynamic, all right? Um, when it comes to this particular illustration, Griffin's the only one because Stella's like, man, if I never see a athletic venue again the rest of my life, I'll be good. Um, so it was always Griffin. And maybe we're the reason she doesn't want to do it because she has witnessed how we how we do this. Um, we're, 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 we're not the best cheerleaders in the world, okay? Um, like in our minds, in our hearts, when Griffin is doing something on the field, it, it would always be like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. But for us, it really and truly was, oh please don't mess up, oh please don't mess up, oh please don't mess up. And 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 our words of, of encouragement would be, oh please don't hit the batter. Oh please don't hit the batter. We <laughs> didn't hit the batter. Oh my gosh, you know, that, we 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 really and truly we were not the best at the come on, you can do this, the attaboys, the cheering. Now, once something good was done, we were the first ones to stand up, yeah, that's my boy over there, yeah, yeah, that is my boy. Right? Cheerleading. When, when, when it comes to encouragement a lot of times we we we, we think of just cheerleading these positive things that we can do speaking of cheerleaders have y'all seen it it's happened twice now in the NCAA tournament right the first one got an NIL deal this cheerleader from Indiana has an NIL bill which means that she is making some kind of money because a basketball got stuck up on top of the backboard between on uh, the backboard this little space and it got lodged in there between the shot clock and they couldn't find anything to knock the ball down like we, we are sitting here at a nationally televised game there's literally hundreds of thousands of people watching there's thousands of people in the stand, and we're sitting around here we are stopped because there's a basketball that is now stuck and we can't find anything to get the basketball down there and so what do the Indiana cheerleaders do? The stunt guy goes, well, hey, I'll just pick my cheerleader up. And so he goes over there, and he picks her, and he hoists her up. And that girl just reaches right up there and grabs the basketball down. She now is making money off of a T-shirt deal that says the cheerleader saves the day. Like, she was making money for this. And it happened again last night in the Arkansas Duke game. Like, this is, this is becoming the thing. This is the thing. I, I'm way off track right now. Okay, my bad. Cheerleading, right? Like, like that's what we think of encouragement is that we're coming along and we're, we're shouting these positive phrases but here's the thing encouragement is more than just this, this positive vibe encouragement takes the form of advice given with pure motives the, the definition of encouragement is to give support confidence for, towards or hope to that that's that's not bad but here's the definition in the Greek. In every use of the word encourage that you will see today that we read about, this is the definition. It is to urge or to implore people to do something. I it's a I am urging you. I, I am strongly coming behind you and, 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 and asking that you do this. There's a persistence towards persuasion, begging someone to do something. Like like that's the form of uh, when the Bible talks about we are to be encouragers. that's what it's talking about. Not just coming along and saying, great job, you did it, lifting them up. And we'll talk about our words in just a second. But encouragement is so much more than that. And here's the thing. If you think about this through the lens of disciple makers, we have to learn the art of encouragement. So I want to look at this passage that we've talked about today. I want to look at this reading. This interaction between Jethro and Moses. And there's three things, there's three lessons of encouragement that we can learn from this interaction. All right? The first is this: we encourage by meeting together. Like I, I just want you to let that sink in. We we can encourage other people, we encourage one another. By meeting together, this was a handle for Jethro, right? I mean, this this was not a hey, let me just Uber over to where Moses is, or let me just jump in the car, we're gonna ride over there for a day. This was a, so so drawn out that that Jethro had to send a messenger. Hey, I want I want you to, I want you to go, and I want you to tell him that I, Jethro, I'm on there, like Moses. Like, well, I don't know any other Jethros right now. So Of course, it's my father-in-law, but I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to see you from home, right? And so Jethro then loads up, not just himself, but he loads up this caravan of of Moses' wife, Jethro's daughter, uh, and a couple of kids, and then we're going to take a bunch of animals along because we're going to make some sacrifices to God. This wasn't just some quick trip, Right. But Jethro, what did he do? He went to meet his son in law so that they could be in each other's presence. And they visited with one another. Moses brought him into the tent and he told him all the things that God was doing. He told him about all the rescue missions that God was on and all the ways that God has blessed them since bringing them up out of Egypt. And Jethro was like, man, this is amazing. Let's celebrate. I brought some animals. We're going to go out here and we're going to sacrifice some animals. And so Moses calls up Aaron and all the other uh, elders of the tribes and says, come on on up here. We're going to celebrate what God has done. We encourage one another by our very presence and by meeting together. Hebrews 10.25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging, imploring, urging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's the thing we gotta realize about the church, you and I are created to be in relationship. And relationships matter. And your presence with other believers is important. Whether that be the large group setting on Sunday mornings, whether that be the life group setting on whenever your group meets, or whether whether that be just the one-on-one, one-on-two discipleship that happens outside of group. There's a general sense of encouragement when people show up. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the entertainment. On this particular day, we will have one of, if not the largest crowd of the year historically for churches. And here's the truth of that day the sermon that day might be lame the celebration songs that we sing might not be your favorite your child may not get the golden egg at the egg hunt but because the room will be full because voices will be heard because we will see people that we may not have seen in a while we will leave here thinking that it was overall a good day and we'll have a positive feeling about it because of the number of people that show up. Meeting together is important. Consistency in coming together into the presence of other believers is important. And the warning here in Hebrews is that we need to be meeting together more often as the day of Christ draws near. And you can study other passages that talk about what that's going to look like and about the trials that we're going to be facing as this world continues to corrupt around us. We are going to need one another more and more. And Jesus summarizes it like this right here. There's a benefit when you meet together. You remember what he said when he's talking about church discipline and he's talking about, hey, when, when you got to handle people that, that are living in sin and how to go about doing this, you know how he closes it out? He says, for where two or three gather as my followers. And he doesn't just mean two or three and that's it. But when people come together, when two or three are gathered together as my followers, guess what? I'm there with you. So it doesn't matter if we're hanging out just watching the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if we're sitting around the kitchen table in a couple weeks stuffing eggs for the Austinville egg hunt. When believers gather together, he is in our midst. And there's encouragement. The second thing we can learn from this story about encouragement is that we encourage with our words. I mean, we're supposed to use our words. I mean, look back at verse uh, Exodus eighteen. If you look back at that again, he goes in verse seventeen. He says, "This is not good." Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, "You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too." And he and he goes on and he gives all these instructions, right? And and for some of us, if you want to look at it, well, he's a typical in-law. He's just nitpicking. Nothing I do is good enough, right? You you could certainly have that attitude. You can certainly go about it with this. But here's the thing: Jethro saw a problem in Moses' management style. All right, I mean, well, I get it. We well, just mind your own business and do. It. I mean, that's one thing. Jethro could be like, "Well, you know what? He'll figure it out. He's young. Know, he's got so many time. I'll just I'll just stay over I'll stay in my lane. You know, I I, I won't. Or Jethro's like, you know what? I can speak up, and I can give some advice into this younger man's life. And he opts to do that. He, he opts to, I'm I'm going to, what, what are we trying to accomplish here? This is not good for you, Moses. I see a problem, and let me tell you, this little problem that's a little problem right now, it's going to become a big problem. And so he chooses to speak up. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting thought come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And Paul's telling the church, hey, you need to use your word sometimes, Alright? as it fits the occasion. And what's the occasion for Moses? He's swamped." And he's overwhelmed, and Jethro's like, "You know what? Here's what I would do. This is this is what's worked well in the past. You need to train up some guys. You're not beneficial to anybody if you yourself get burned out. So we got to use our words to build up one another as fits the occasion. Church, we need words of affirmation spoken into our lives." we need it we need words of positive reinforcement spoken into our lives we also must have people who will speak wisdom and truth into our lives people who will see an issue or a bad habit and they will speak life into me the people that will come to me and say you know what Michael, I see this issue. I see this thing that is taking place. I- I'll tell you this some of the most precious words spoken to me in my life have been hard truths that I needed to hear. I, I wish I had, and this is not, I'm not giving every one of you permission, okay, to so just take it for what it's worth. I am not giving every one of you permission. But I wish I had more people that would look into my life and say, you know what? Man, I see this as a stumbling block, I see this as an error. Joe Bennett and Jeff Beckham have brought more value to my life, more value to my family by some hard truths that I needed to hear. We say this a lot around here. We need to embrace this, and you need to embrace this about your very life. God has always been in the business of using other people to influence people. And I'll look at this crowd right here. I know good and well that God can use every single one of you in your worlds, wherever that may be, in your daily circles of whatever that may look like, God can use every single one of you to be an influence in the life of someone else. God will speak through others to draw attention to something that might be missing. If you look at this example from Exodus 18, and this isn't Jethro's agenda. He he's not just, he's just not over there being like, well, oh. right? God needs to pull his head out think straight. No, it, this is not about this is not about Jethro and his own personal agenda. In that passage, twice he alludes to God. If God desires this, then you need to do it. Now there's some do's and don'ts, okay? about using your words to encourage. right, these are some lessons that Michael probably needs to do a better job at. Uh, Number one, we need to speak with love, right? And that's obvious, but we need to speak with love, and tone is part of that, okay? Just because it's true, tone does come into into play. Uh, Do not speak with selfish motives or personal agendas. I get caught up in that all the time. I can even justify what God's word says to say a message to somebody about something. Because it's my own personal agenda. We don't need to do that. Do speak the truth to someone from a biblical perspective, not a worldly view. And if this is just something that you are passing along because you read it in Good Housekeeping, Okay, and it's not rooted in. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know why. Um, If 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 you're going to pass along something that you read or heard or saw on TikTok or something right there, and you know that it's not rooted in scripture, it may be positive. But I'm telling you, I would second guess. I would I would put the brakes on sharing. Make sure that what you are speaking is sound biblical truth. And you look at what you look at what Jethro told. Told Moses, hey, man, you're doing too much. You know what you need to do? You need to train up some leaders. You catch that? You, you, Hey, we talk about discipleship a lot around here. He sat here and told him He goes, you don't just need to go get some guys that are, are, are good at things. You need to train them up. And you need to put some over a 1,000 and some over 100 and some over 50 and some over 10. And you need to make sure there's people fear God and they do not accept bribes that's not biblical. It's a biblical perspective because God is consistent. And then the other thing that we do when we're using our words to speak encouragement, we need to make sure your words and your body language are sending the same message. That's super important. I know some of y'all like to hide behind that mask. All right, we, we 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 love that mask for a season of life because I could say I could I could say one thing, but my body language, my facial expression, most of it was covered up. Brittany's looking at Jackie Hall, I don't know Right? But here's the thing if we say one thing and our body language reads something else, it's not gonna fly. All right. So when we're using our words to build up one another as it fits the occasion. The things that we say, we need to believe. We don't just need to say them because it needs to be said. We need to believe the things that we're saying. So use your words to bring encouragement. The last thing, we encourage with accountability. Accountability is one of those churchy words, right? We, We hear it in these circles. I'm not sure where else we hear this word. That we we like the idea of accountability until we are actually held accountable for something that we necessarily don't want to be held accountable for. Right? Like accountability is this really good idea. Yes, hold me accountable for the things I eat until I'm actually gonna eat this brownie because I want to eat this brownie right now in the moment and I don't need you all up in my business, right? But here's the thing: for accountability to work, there has to be some relational equity when you study the history of Moses. Let me tell you, there was relational equity between he and Jethro. You we'll Go back and read the earlier chapters of Exodus and when Jethro was there, he's on the scene. Look at verse 14. When Moses' father-in-law saw that all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone? Not everyone stands around you from morning to morning Accountability. Jesus, I mean J Jesus, Jethro is drawing attention to a blind spot in Moses' life. Now, Moses has a response. Well, the people keep coming to me. I mean, I wake up, I do this, and the people just they they, they keep coming. Jethro's like, you know, the definition of insanity, right? He didn't say that. Um, but Moses says what is said way too often in church circuits this is how we've always done it. right i mean that's essentially what the man is saying i wake up they're there we do this we go to sleep i wake up they're there we do this and jethro is just drawing the blind spot he's just drawing attention to the blind spot what are you doing what are you really even accomplishing here So Jethro tells Moses, hey, you can continue on this path, all right? But he doesn't. Jethro motivates Moses to take a different course of action that will eventually get more people in the tribe involved and will be more effective in what they're doing. Accountability, church, is simply holding somebody responsible for their actions or, get this, their lack of action. Jethro is asking the question why are you doing what you're doing and can you be doing something better or something healthier something that will bring benefit to the situation I love Hebrews 10 24 and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds a major part of disciple making is this motivating one another toward love and and good deeds and there has to be accountability in the discipling relationships we have make sure you walk out of here today understanding accountability please accountability is making sure that someone is responsible for their actions certainly but it is also about holding people responsible for their inaction in doing so that gives us the opportunity to spur them along. Moses had a blind spot. The accountability is what are you trying, what are you actually accomplishing here? What you're doing is not healthy. It's a good thing, and you've done it, it's not working. And you're just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over again. There's inaction for why don't you train these people up and release them to do it? Release the burden off of you. Our job as Disciple Makers Church is to prepare God's people for works of service. And I'll tell you this I've done this long enough. Most people are not going to be lining up out the door waiting on some act of service to be involved in. Very few times in 20 years of ministry have I just had people show up and say, Hey, you know what? I'm looking to do something. You got something for me? I, it, it it doesn't happen, and so Moses is just going to keep on the same path until he just burns out completely. Our job is to prepare people for God's works of service, so we've got to give them the opportunity, and that's what Jethro is doing here. He's saying, "Hey, look here, this isn't working, and it's not going to work. Let me motivate you. Let me spur you on to do something different that is more beneficial for every." One else, and so church, we have to spur one another along. Now, I remember a time. Remember a time here that we were going to ask someone to be involved in a ministry. So, I mean, we're going to get somebody in this leadership position, and as we're talking about this on on a leadership level, Joe, Billy, and I, you know, the 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 meeting, and we're talking about this person. The discussion in that little room was all about the many reasons that people couldn't be involved. <laughs> like, like we're sitting here. Hey, this person right here would be good for this ministry opportunity. Let's talk. About and and as we sat there and we talked about it in that room, not even with the person, we're making the excuses that they can't be involved. Like we're sitting there. Well, man, you know they they got kids. Those no kids are involved in sports and extracurricular activities. I mean, I was like, man, they work. I mean, not only do they have kids, and not only do they have to worry about homework and getting kids to ball practices and stuff man. they work themselves oh and their husband and their, their husband works a stressful job and is in and out and gone and here and there and hey and i'm like wait a minute guys you realize what we're doing we're we sitting here we are making excuses for them i said let's quit making excuses for people Let's give them the opportunity to make excuses. Let's encourage them. Let's spur them on with this opportunity. They turned us down. It didn't work. But our, our method of doing things shifted. We went from pay. Let's try to find the right person to, you know what? What the Bible teaches us, we need to motivate people toward love and good deeds. And that's the very thing that Jethro was doing here. He's like, now I'm going to spur you along to do something else that is more beneficial for the kingdom, for everyone else. And and so as we figure out ways to to encourage church. It's more than just being the cheerleader. We certainly need the attaboys, and we certainly need the the positive affirmation. We need that in the church, and there's people in your life that need to hear that. But you also need to know that encouragement comes from just meeting together, just being present in one's life. Encouragement certainly comes with the words, and encouragement comes from being accountable and holding people accountable. So when... The Bible says, "Therefore, encourage one another daily." Paul's saying a whole lot more than just cheering people along. Hebrews three thirteen. Who knew Hebrews had so much about encouragement? This is your challenge, and so we're, we're closing with this. The author of Hebrews wrote about encouragement a couple of times. Chapter Three it says this to all who hear. This for you and I. Like we don't get to escape this, okay? This is not situational stuff. You know what the author says? Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. Hey, you know what yesterday was called when we were standing in yesterday? Today. You know what today is called? Today. You know what tomorrow is called when we're standing in tomorrow? Today. Every day that you wake up, we are to encourage one another daily. Like, like, like this is not a, this is not one of those characteristics of Jesus that we just get to sprinkle in in the opportune moments. We are to encourage one another every day. And so when I wake up, I see my wife, I see my kids, and I interact with church people, I go to the detail shop, well, wherever it is, the Pregnancy Resource Center, wherever it is, I have this obligation to spur people along. I, I don't get to say, you know what, man, I just not feeling today. I, I'll get it tomorrow. That's the one that steps on my toes. Like, 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 I could take all this stuff right here and I could say, you know what, okay. I, I, I could do these things right now, but open oh, daily. This one's this, this where I fall way short daily. How about you? I encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. So that none of them may be hardened. Hey, God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of Jethro and Moses. Jethro's willingness to speak into Moses' life. Jethro's willingness to show up, to travel, to meet Moses where he was and all that's involved with that. To speak truth into his life, to reveal blind spots, to hold him accountable, to give him Ideas and solutions for for problems that are about to arise. Thank you for that story, Lord. And thank you for the fact that this is the picture of encouragement for us today. So, Lord, I pray that we motivate, that we spur one another along. Daily, God. Daily. I'm going to need some help.
0: Oh, I'm a traveler, far from home. I get lost, but I press on. Because there's a mansion, the streets of gold, where I belong. Let's all sing it together. Yes, there's a day coming soon Where the old will be made new And heaven's glory shines like the morning Before our eyes We all see Jesus when we all see Jesus no more sickness and no more madness no more pain. When we all see Jesus face to face, then we will sing with angel voices. There will be great rejoicing. Holy, holy,
1: and worthy,
0: worthy is the land. When we all see Jesus, yes, when we all. No more sickness, no more madness, no more pain, when we all see Jesus face to face. y'all see Jesus face to face a little more like mercy a little more like grace sing it with me. a little more like kindness goodness, love, and faith, a little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me, a little more like living everything I preach, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. I'll stand and sing that one more time A little more, a little more like mercy A little more like grace A little more like kindness, goodness, love and faith A little more like patience A little more like peace A little more like Jesus A little less like you a little less like me, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me.